In today's show, let's look at the waiver wire players who might be available, who could be there to help your team. Michael Bolton, he's here to help your team. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. We are here. This is going to be the pattern, I think, this season. Two waiver wire shows for the week. So we're looking at things because things change quickly. We know that. We do ads and drops on each daily recap show, but just to concentrate it in here. Waiver wire show. Let's um, let's do it. Let's talk straight into it uh, right now. As soon as I can get the graphics up. All right. Let's look at the most added players since we last convened on this show. Kevin Love is at number one. That's weird. He's been playing well. There's no doubt about that. Um, in limited minutes, I'm not sure there's much scope for those minutes to go high or for him to continue to play necessarily at this level. And I guess people are looking at the fact that the Cavs play today. There's 10 games on, so how many people are actually using him? That is an interesting one to me to see Love added that many times. I think he's totally fine to be like a 14-team league guy and to stream for 12s. I wouldn't be bothering with him as a 12-team must roster. Grayson Allen is a, is one of the most added players as well. A couple of good games, a couple of stinkers. While Drew Holiday and Dante DiVincenzo were both out, there is some value in using Grayson Allen in 12-team leagues. Um that's probably all I'd be looking at him for. It's just like that short-term sort of fix. But he can be a- an option. Alex Caruso. Now, we've got the news today of Zach Levine coming out with his thumb injury. Hopefully, it's not anything too serious. He thinks he's going to play through it. But if he has to miss time, then I would assume that Caruso would... Uh, I assume Caruso would move into the starting lineup in that situation. And at the moment, Caruso is putting up some really nice numbers. Um, he is putting up good steal numbers, and we know that steals can fluctuate, but it's very similar to the way Chris Dunn was playing in Chicago a few years ago, where he's doing nothing else apart from getting a ton of steals. Caruso is the 67th ranked player this year because he's averaging 3.3 steals. Like He's not doing anything else that's good. He's averaging eight points with two rebounds and one three. So those steals go down to 1.5, and then he's barely a 12-team league guy. Lonnie Walker, on the other hand, is just a points guy. Now, he did have six assists last game. He's looking much better this year than he has in the past. You know, I'm not the biggest Lonnie Walker fan, as people who listen to this show or watch this show are well aware of, but he has looked better this season. He has improved in certain areas. He still has consistency and efficiency problems and an inability to contribute widely across other areas. But he can be, I guess, at least somewhat of an ad. He's a top 100 player this year so far, mainly on the back of hitting 88% of his free throws and the fact that he's hitting threes. Yeah, two and a half threes a game. There's not much else there. Three rebounds, three assists, under a steal, 15 points. Like, it's not particularly exciting. And the main reason he's bumped that high is because there are weird players below him who are just shooting horribly who elevate the value of guys who are shooting normally, which is where Lonnie sits. I don't look at him as someone that needs to be a must-roster player outside of being maybe a stream guy. Terrence Mann, again, a fringe sort of player. I think he's fine if you want him in a 12-team league. Like, I'd prefer Reggie Jackson and Eric Bledsoe from the Clippers versus Terrence Mann. 
That doesn't mean that he can't be of use. He's got a solid enough role off the bench. But, um, you know, when, when Morris and Batum are both playing, maybe that gets squeezed somewhat. I think some of his value, Mans, is overstated from what he did in the playoffs last year. He's getting a lot of steals, and that is really boosting his value. But he's averaging nine points per game. He's got no usage whatsoever, and that's coming in over 30 minutes a night. Paddy Mills, three-point streamer, not a 12-team league guy. Daniel Tice, I'm sure that's just an absolute overreaction to what happened yesterday with that double-double. I wouldn't do anything more with Tice outside of, yeah, 14, maybe even 16-team leagues, not a 12-teamer. Well, Googie Jeng, I don't know why people are adding Googie Jeng. Googie Jeng is fine as a deep league center streamer. I, I don't know what more you could possibly be, be wanting from him or be expecting him to do. That didn't make a... That doesn't make a ton of sense to me. But what does make sense is if you're looking for car parts, rockauto.com is the place to go. Why would you go to your local chain auto parts store? Line up at the counter. Talk to the bloke there who's going to tell you, well, because we don't have enough space for this stuff, we've got to order it in. It's going to be three or four weeks. You've got access to your computers and rockauto.com at home and on your phone. So why don't you do that? Why would you spend 30 to 50 to 100% more for the same parts? Uh, Rock Auto is a family business, been online serving auto parts do-it-yourselfers for the last 20 plus years. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Rock Auto has everything you could possibly want. So go to Rock Auto, check out their catalog, check out everything they have for your car or truck, and in their How Did You Hear About Us box, right, locked on, so that they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. We're back, and better than ever, new web interface for the start of the basketball season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for basketball and football action this season. So head to that new updated site, use our promo code Locked On when you make your first deposit, and you get a 50% welcome bonus. That's awesome. From basketball, football, baseball, World Series, NHL, boxing, UFC, or even your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so let's us start on to the next part of this show and look at guys who can be dropped. Now, again, let's rephrase that. I says players to drop. If you have these guys, you don't just drop them, right? These are guys that if you are considering dropping a player, if you have someone coming out of your injured reserve slot that you need to activate if you want streaming, if there's a hot free agent out there, these are guys who may be top 150 players. They might be top 140 players. But I don't think the upside is high enough to justify missing out on the guy who might have that upside. So there's a list of guys there. TJ McConnell, you know I was worried about him heading into the season that Rick Carlisle wouldn't enjoy his game and would limit his minutes. I think that's bearing out pretty clearly at the moment. And I don't think it's going to get better when Levert comes back and then when Warren comes back. I don't think it's improving from there. So uh, yeah, I think TJ is a pretty clear 12-team drop. Um, Gaz Trent. I know the last couple of games from Gaz have been good. He very much fits into the Lonnie Walker mold to me. He'll get points. He'll hit threes. I'm not really sure what else he's going to do. And at times, there's going to be some woeful for your goal percentage. And this is not a drop for everybody. It's just a player that I think has got very limited chance to be a top 100 guy or even a top 120 guy. So if you do need to move on, you do it. Same with Keldon Johnson. Now, in a points league, I'm holding Keldon. I'm holding Gary Trent in a points league as well. But in a category league, the, the, he just doesn't do anything, Keldon. We saw the last game, and you know, that, that trust that Pop had may have been lost a little bit last game. Played only 23 minutes at 11 points. He can score. He can get to the rack. He can't shoot, he can't, get, he can't free, take free throws, rebound, assist, steals, blocks, threes, and all that's non-existent. So he's a point scorer who might be inconsistent in that one category. If it's a Zubats is rostered in a ton of leagues, 
Like, he's fine. I would not consider him must roster. Serge Barker, I assume, is coming back soon. But they run Morris. They run Batum at center. They play Hartenstein there as well. Zubac just isn't getting 30 minutes a night, I wouldn't have thought. And, yeah, his production is okay in certain areas. Like, he can block a shot. He can get field goals, rebounds. Like That's what he does. And if you need that, that works. But I think he's over-rostered at the moment. So have a look to see whether it makes sense. Aaron Gordon, again, coming off a really good game last game. Now, if we hear anything more to suggest that Nikola Jokic is out for long-term, then maybe Gordon's value increases. But again, his upside is just so, so low. And we've seen, you know, last season, this season, that he's just not a guy that's going to get big minutes or gigantic usage on this Nuggets team. He's inconsistent. He lacks peripherals. He lacks usage. So I just don't see him as a must, must roster guy. And that goes for categories and points leagues. I think the wiki Chris Boucher is a pretty clear drop. Nurse does not trust him. He's put that into practice by limiting his minutes. I had someone tell me uh, on, I don't know, maybe a YouTube comment, hey, Josh, when Yuta Watanabe comes back, he's definitely in the rotation. He's going to be maybe the sixth man, which I think is complete bullshit. But there is a chance that Watanabe does play over Boucher. Plus Birch, plus Achua, plus Siakam, plus Scotty Barnes. There's just not, there is not 20 minutes there, I don't think, for Boucher to play. No problem dropping him. Kyle Anderson, very big change in Taylor Jenkins' philosophy. He's playing like 21 minutes a night. He's shooting horribly. Maybe that's a part of the low minutes. But Bain, Melton, these guys have established themselves. He got big run and big production last year with Jaron Jackson out. Look back to the 1920 season and how little Kyle Anderson played and how bad he was with Jackson healthy. I reckon we're seeing the same thing happen here. He's a drop. Uh, Duncan Robinson, three-point specialist only, and you could throw Joe Harris into that mix as well. That's all they do. There's no need to have them as absolute must-roster players. You can have those guys. You can have Seth Curry. Um, there's so many options that you can have. Lonnie Walker's hitting that same amount of threes at the moment. If you want threes, there are plenty of those guys out there. And then PJ Washington Jr. This one, he's obviously dealing with an injury at the moment, but he was bad before that. We saw Plumlee and Miles Bridges getting the minutes over him. Um, I, I just, I'm not sure that, with the way that the Hornets are structuring things, that his value is worth holding on through injury and form slumps. I don't think it's worth it. Let's look at some must roster players. These are guys who are either on Yahoo or ESPN rostered in under 70% of leagues um, and they're top 100 guys. So that means they need to be rostered. D'Anthony Melton, the wave pool. I don't know what happens when Dylan Brooks comes back, but I'm not going to let someone else find out the answer to that while he's on their roster. You add him, and we'll see what happens. He's 17% rostered on ESPN. Guys, figure it out. He's a must-roster guy. He's like a top 50 player this season. He has to be on a roster. And then when Brooks comes back, if Brooks kills it, you drop him. Who cares? But you can't leave a potential top 50 guy out there because you're holding on to Keldon Johnson. Because Keldon Johnson, he's going to be solid 120. Bullshit. Get rid of him. Take this guy. If it doesn't work out, you move on. You get the next guy. You get the next guy. You next next guy. Must-roster. Kelly Olenek. Um, first couple of games were rough. Jeremy Grant went out. He blew up. I have faith that he's still going to play 24 to 26 minutes. And that's enough to be a top 100 guy. I'm not leaving him on the wire. He's probably not on the wire, but this, well, sorry, I thought he wouldn't be on the wire, but the roster percentage stats would tell me otherwise. So go and grab him. Josh Giddy. I don't know how much more evidence we need here. He's a must roster player, all formats, all leagues. Um, he's going to start every game. He's going to play 30 minutes. He's going to get rebounds and assists. I think the scoring will improve. You've got some steals. He, there's absolutely no justification for not rostering Joshy Giddy. Al Horford, comically low number on, on ESPN, has to be rostered. 
He will start most games, I would assume, next to Rob Williams. There will be some time off, I'm sure, at some point with injuries. No, but that doesn't matter. This is a guy who's going to be like a top 80, top 85 sort of player. Can't be on a waiver wire. Ravishing Rick Rubio. Those assists by themselves are worth it. And then you throw in the fact that Isaac Okora is a little bit out of favor, currently hurt. Colin Sexton appears to be out of favor. Rubio's got that. If he gets seven assists a game, there's, that's top 100 right there. And you can't leave that on the wire. Chris Duarte, be very interesting to see what happens when Levert is back, which might be today. Um, I expect at this point that Duarte and Levert will start together and Justin Holiday will go to the bench. Now that will impact Duarte's usage. I've got no doubt about that because Levert's going to take a million shots. But can Duarte then focus on getting some steals and blocks and rebounds and assists? Things that he's shown in the past and through college and summer league that he is able to do. He should be rostered. So should your mate Desmond Bain. Um, Bain, I would have people ask, this is like the most asked question I've got. You know, the preseason one was, you know, is Moses Brown going to play 20 minutes? And the answer is no. The second most common question I've got in the last week is Melton or Bain? Melton to me over Bain, even though I do think that Bain will remain the starter when Brooks comes back. Melton's just got an overall better fantasy game. But they are both absolute must roster top 100 players. So make sure Bain's not there. And this one might seem a little presumptive, I guess, preemptive. Alperen Shengun. I know last game he only played 15 minutes while Tice got 29. But at some point, he's, he is this good that it, it is going to be impossible to keep him out of the starting lineup. He is the 135th ranked player this year in, in 17.6 minutes on the back of getting 2.3 steals, but he's averaging over two assists, four rebounds, seven points. Free throws are okay. And he's doing that shooting poorly from three. There's plenty of room for him to improve here. Like 12, six and four, a steal, a block. Maybe, probably. Definitely. It's coming. You might have to weather the storm. You might have to weather Keldon Johnson level of ranking production for a few weeks, for a month. But I'm just not letting him sit on the wire. To me, he has to be rostered. Let's look at some upside grab type now. Devin Vassell. Doug McDermott misses some time. I'm not really sure. I'm grabbing Vassell and seeing what happens. I think eventually they want to start Vassell and Johnson together. That would be what I would do if I was Popovich. But of course, I'm not Greg Popovich because my sell is not as big as his. But Vassell's ability to defend, to score, hit threes, pass a little bit, and get some and get those steals is really, really useful. And there is a top 100 player in there. I don't think it's... We're not there yet. I'm not projecting that. But it's just taking a flyer on guys. Same with Jeremiah Robinson-Earl, who I thought looked really solid as the Thunder starting center. Now, I'm recording this before Wednesday's game. We'll get a better indication of things uh, after Wednesday's game as to how they use him with favors back. But he's worth a look. And Naz Reed. An injury to Towns and Reed goes off. Reed can also play next to Towns. I'm not saying that he's he's not a must-roster guy, but he's a guy just to either hold or have on a watch list and a deeper league guy just to see what is going on with his role in the uh, in the Minnesota Timberwolves rotation. Do you smell that? It's not anything bad. It's food. It's, it's your d- favorite delicious meal. It is, as this ad read would tell me, chicken parm. Chicken parm. We don't call it chicken parm. We call it a parma. It's a parma. It's a pizza. It's something else. But the best part is it showed up right at my door because I ordered it with Postmates. With Postmates, I get all my favorite foods from local restaurants in the neighborhood delivered, leaving no leaving the house, and even better, no getting in the car or finding a parking spot. And Postmates isn't just burritos and sushi. Well, that sounds good, actually. I can order things like toothpaste, phone chargers on demand too. That's because places like Walgreens and 7-Eleven are also on Postmates. And for a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners a little something. 
New customers will get 50% off your first order of $50 or more when you use the code LOCKEDONNBA. The code is LOCKEDONNBA to get 50% off your first five orders of $50 or more. Max savings of $100 per order. Just download the Postmates app and sign up online. It's super easy. Offer is subject to change and taxes and fees apply. Offer valid for 30 days after you add the promo code to your account. Amazingly, after yesterday's ad read, I haven't been cancelled from Sweatblock, but why would I? I'm telling you how good their product is. Sweatblock is the doctor-created and doctor-recommended formula for those of us who suffer through excessive sweating, whether it's the deodorant stick, whether it is the lotions, whether it is the wipes, which are the goat, by the way. Sweatblock helps keep you protected for up to seven days. Those wipes, you wipe them on under your arms or chest or back or neck or feet or wherever it is that you get sweaty. You go to bed, you wake up the next day, you have a wash, and it protects you for up to seven days. They also have their dry shirt guarantee, so if it doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. How good's that? You can get these for 20% off at sweatblock.com by using the promo code locked on. And they're also available at Amazon and at CVS. Okay, let us. I just realized I didn't push the screen across. Oh, well, that's fine. Um, all right, let us move on to the last section here. And that is just some other names that are worth mentioning Cole Anthony and his teammate Franz Wagner. I don't think they should be on any waiver-wise. Now, I don't think that they're as must-roster as those must-roster guys I talked about earlier, but they are guys who should be on a roster, especially in the short term with Isaac Akiki and Fultz out. I don't know what the hell happens when those guys return, but I do fully expect Wagner to continue to start in some aspect and Anthony to have a decent role. I think Precious Achua is worth grabbing. Now, his fantasy rank so far this season, it hasn't been good. He's not like a top 100 player, but the role is there. The double-doubles are there. The rebounds are there. Like, all that stuff is there. The opportunity is there. Siakam coming back probably has an impact. Like, he's the 183rd ranked player in 26 minutes a night because his true shooting is an abysmal 45%. 41 from the field and 55 from the line. He hasn't blocked a single shot. But the opportunity is there. Um, Jalen Brunson. We're seeing him play a lot with Luka. 20 plus minutes a night, 25 minutes a night. Good assists option. Nice points guy. Hit some threes. He's got value. The Shark, Bruce Brown, especially for the rest of this week. The Nets have got three more games left for the rest of this week. Same as the Mavericks with Brunson. So if you add these guys, you get some real value this week. So I do like Bruce Brown being added. And Punch Bob should be back. Now with Brooke Lopez out, Portis is going to have some real value for the Bucks. I think he's a fringe 12-team league guy in most cases. But for the rest of this week, with Lopez out, there's significant value in Bobby Portis. So yeah... The Brunson, Brown, and Portis ones, they're probably more shorter term and for this week specifically, but they can have longer term, long-ranging 12-team league value. Guys, that'll do it for me today. I'll be back later on, 9.30, my time, uh, 6.30 p.m. Eastern for the Draft Stars pregame show. That's 9.30 a.m. Eastern Australian time for the Draft Stars pregame show. We'll have what to watch for and then a recap of all of Wednesday's games. Guys, Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app while on YouTube. Hit thumbs up. Leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.